Welcome to the Surviving Outside Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike O'Kelly. Hope everybody's having a great Wednesday, a great uh, midweek, or a great start to the week. You know, we're midway through, midway through the quarter, midway through August. Hopefully you are on vacation, preparing for vacation, preparing to send the kids back to school. You're looking forward to a great fall. So yesterday was anatomy of a loss, talking about working for the radiation company and then COVID strikes and just wipes out every single deal that I was working on and trying to close very quickly. Well, today's anatomy of a sale before the pandemic hit several months before the pandemic hit in 2019, I started in the fall and got out in the field the last week of October. And the first unit that was sold was left over from the previous sales rep. I just drugged the ball across the goal line. They were dragging their feet. They had been presented seven months earlier. And I had communicated with the office manager and basically said, just flat out, what's the holdup? And she said, I don't know. And I said, well, you know, let's, let's get this rolling. There's a tax credit your office can get. Let's make sure we get it by the end of the year. And then I get the, I get the notice about four days later that the deal closed. So that wasn't necessarily the win, but I'll take it. Sometimes you're going to get lucky. That was luck. There was something that was left over from the previous sales rep that the previous rep just didn't have the time or couldn't get the ball across the goal line. And I flat out, I mean, I, I had been by this office about three or four times and I had just said, what's the holdup? And what do I need to do to help with this? Let's get this ball rolling. And I created a sense of urgency with the account. And I think that they also realized the urgency that I had that I told them and I said, look, I'm going to be in your area. I'm going to be going to other offices. You can be the first in this area to get this device. You can be the first in this area or you can, um, you can be second. It's just up to you. Well, the, the biggest win I did have was taking an unaware physician in a small town, making him aware, and then getting the deal done in less than nine weeks. And I'll tell you how that process worked. And again, it goes back to when you think of building a territory, you think of taking over a territory. I like to deconstruct everything. And there wasn't really a lot to deconstruct. The previous rep had done a good job. The previous rep had sold basically three clinics across the Carolinas. And that's where all of the devices were sold. And none of those clinics had any room for more devices. I think that's the reason why this rep decided to leave and go to another company. The pipeline was dry. But I don't know what the reason was. I'm appreciative because if the rep hadn't left, I wouldn't have had the opportunity. But what I did was I, I deconstructed everything. When I first started with the company, I went out and I, ran, I wrote, wrote along with one of the top reps in Texas. And he gave me the advice, go to offices that are not, that don't have Mohs surgeons. So the machine I was selling was for eradication of uh, non-melanoma skin cancer. So Mohs is a procedure where physicians are highly trained to remove the cancer from the skin using a specific surgical procedure. 
most surgeons see their toolbox as a, as a hammer and every skin cancer that's non-melanoma is a nail. It's very difficult to convince them otherwise. Now, it doesn't mean it hasn't happened, but it's just, you know, if you want to get off to a fast start, this is what you do. And so I ran with that. So what I did was I went in and I searched every single dermatology clinic across the state of North and South Carolina. And I started creating a database who, you know, looked at their website, who has a, a Mohs surgeon, M-O-H-S, and who doesn't. This is the background information that helped me target and identify people quickly. This is what I suggest you do when you start a new territory is you try to find your ideal customer profile, or if you're starting out a brand, your initial customer profile, it could be both ICP could be both. You want to find your ideal customer profile. In this case, it was dermatology clinics that did not have a Mohs surgeon. And I started prioritizing. So what I did was I started focusing on those offices first. Forget if I saw that there was an office that had a Mohs surgeon, I didn't, I didn't spend any time in that clinic at the beginning because that was going to be an uphill battle. And once you get into Q4, if you've been in a medical device or you want to get into medical device, Q4 is the sprint. You got to make things happen. It can't be a long sales cycle. So the time of year that I started was an uphill battle. Anyway, it was Q4 people that already uh, had their budget set. They already had their eyes on various devices. So I knew I had to find people that were super interested and live there in that clinic because you can prospect all you want, but the, but after nine weeks, what I had to do is find people who were giving me buying signals. They were asking buying questions. They weren't asking questions for the sake of trying to understand. They were asking buying questions. So that was my philosophy. I wanted to go places where it was quote unquote low hanging fruit, or it was a shorter sales cycle. That means I didn't go to clinics that had Mohs surgeons. I wanted to go to offices that had no Mohs surgery. So therefore my device was a solution to their problem of not having enough skin cancer treatment options. I also wanted to go and spend time where people were asking the right buying questions. So I found one. I found multiple, but I found one. The first call that I made to this physician, uh, this physician was asking me buying questions. What did the what did the what did the setup look like? What were the responsibilities? Price didn't come up. Price was like the fifteenth question that he asked. But he was talking about the future state. What does that look like? What does it mean for me? Those were buying questions. And so I lived in that office. I set up a meeting, then I set up another meeting. All in all, over the next nine weeks, I visited that office 15 times, some scheduled, some not. Now, just note that about six weeks in, two weeks before Christmas in 2019, all of a sudden he went dark, wasn't replying to my emails, wasn't replying to my text messages, my phone calls. I knew something was wrong. So just so you know, while this is going on, this is not the only thing that I'm doing. I'm not just going to one clinic, but I drive by the office and I talk to the office manager and I said, something's not right. All of a sudden communication completely stopped. 
is the office still interested in this device? And she said, yeah, I mean, I don't know what, you know, so I met with him and he said, I have some serious questions. I answered all those questions in person and he said, okay, let's continue talking. And then it was one of those things where he said, okay, let's, let's do this right before Christmas. Send out the contract crickets. Mind you, this is right before the end of the year. And I'm, I continue to reach out to him and, and let him know about the 179 tax credit, the deduction he can make on the machine. And lo and behold, we get the deal done on the last business day of the year, right before New Year's, New Year's Eve. And the thing that was wild about it was the, the clinic had closed. I had showed up. So he, we set up a meeting and he said, yeah, be here at nine o'clock. So I'm there at nine o'clock in the morning and their clinic closed at two o'clock. I sat in the break room for five hours waiting for him. And a couple of times he kept coming in saying, oh, I'll be there in a second. I'll be there in a second. I'll be there in a second. And finally they start turning off the lights and I'm like, well, I'm all in at this point. I sat in that break room for five hours and then finally he came in and we start talking and we're there for about two hours. It's like four o'clock and through some, through communications with my manager, we get the deal done basically like the 11th hour. And I followed up with him about a year after install. And he said it was the best decision he ever made, which made me happy because um, I, I, I had, what I had promised him was even, it was even better than what I had promised him, which made me feel good because I told him there was a solution and I told him what the outcome was going to be. And it was even better. So the takeaways is persistence, but it was basically, it was targeting. I was focusing on the right people. And then I was going with the right frequency. You know, the word follow-up is not a nasty word. It's actually something you have to do. You just don't want to verbalize it to people you're trying to sell to. And like I said before, I used to do this in the past. I used to always say, hey, I'm just following up. That was very lazy. That was a very lazy thing to do. But you do need to follow up. You need to follow up quickly. Imagine having this amazing date with a person and you just, you don't follow up. You don't make plans again. What I did every time that I was in the clinic was I would schedule my next meeting while I was in there. And this is what I recommend that you do. Every time you're in a great meeting, always schedule the next meeting, always lock them down for something else. Chances are you're going to rearrange that, but you got to get something on the books. Okay. So when you go into meetings, make, have your idea of what you, the best outcome for you also have the worst outcome prepared, have your plan, but then make sure that your meeting, your follow-up meeting, the next meeting is always scheduled before you leave. Make sure you get buy-in, make sure there's a digital trail, send an email, a calendar invite, something. And that is what I did each time, of course, until he went dark. And then I just, again, I popped in. 
when in doubt, go to the source. You know, if you're working for a business, if you've had enough conversations, now if you've had one meeting and they wouldn't schedule something and then you keep showing up and they're not willing to meet with you, just let it cool off for a little bit. Okay. It's the same thing with dating. If you went on a date and you don't hear from them and all of a sudden you start showing up that person's work, they're going to start filing a restraining order. So you have to you have to think about your level of contact through the person, through the buyer's mind. If they're willing, if they if they're very interested, they want you to take the lead. They want you to guide them through this process. They want help. That is what they're looking for. They don't want you to send an email. Hey, just let me know when you're available. My gosh. Again, something I did early in my career and I realized how horrible it was. It, I can't stand it when I'm trying to meet with people and people are trying to help me and and they're like, just let me know when you're available. Why don't you just, instead of doing this dance back and forth, you tell me, give me a couple windows where you're available. So takeaways, be persistent, target the right people. When you get started, I wasn't targeting every dermatologist. Okay. Again, I wasn't. Because not every dermatologist is going to need that solution. And not every dermatologist can be willing to hear about that solution. So the first group I targeted, the first round that I focused on were a certain subset. So it doesn't matter what type of sales you're in. Okay. I was talking to a guy, uh, one of our, the guy listens to the podcast and the guy signed up for Rhythm, who's down in Texas and he uh, is selling industrial parts. And right now he is finding a lot of success with concrete companies. Great. That's your target. You can call on anybody. That's your target. Concrete companies. And he, he keeps texting me win after win after win, which is awesome. Focus on the ideal customer profile. Create your ideal customer profile and be persistent. It takes 80% of sales happen between five and 12 interactions. It's not going to be one and done. It's not going to be two and done. It's not going to be three and done. Stay persistent. And the deals are going to happen. Stay persistent. Focus on the right people. And you can make it happen. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Um, Hope everybody has a great rest of the week. We are not going to be having a featured guest tomorrow. Um, we're going to take a couple weeks off. My digital guy is on vacation. So um, those those episodes are not edited fully, ready to release. But we've got a great group of guests we're going to kick off after Labor Day with. So um, you're really going to enjoy it. So no guest tomorrow. We're going to just fill in with a regular you know, you're going to, you're stuck with Mike. <laughs> um, but I have uh, some interesting guests coming up. So thank you so much for listening. If you want to reach out to the show, Mike at Surviving Outside Sales, as always, please uh, download, share this with like-minded people, give us five stars if you feel it's earned and then hit notifications. So, you know, when every episode comes out, so you can listen to it. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. I uh, hope everybody has a great rest of their day. We'll see you tomorrow on Surviving Outside Sales. Goodbye.